Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and I am an alcoholic. Um, Today is another pre-recorded solo episode of the Fun and Sobriety Podcast, Um, partly because, as I've stated before, I'm trying to get a few of these in the hopper in preparation for my upcoming big event in early September, so I don't have to have... uh, you know, the quote unquote responsibility of getting these uploaded and out, uh, since the only real commitment to that is in my head and of my own making, I can probably do with it as I will, but I do want to deliver these on a weekly basis as best I can. Uh, and so yes, I've taken the effort to record a handful ahead of, uh, in advance. Um, but also because something just came to my brain and I figured I'd sit down and, um, chat about it rather than do my normal thing of uh, letting it bounce around in my brain for a few hours while I walk around doing other things in the house and then after the fact think oh that would have been an interesting thing to talk about out loud into a microphone um, for the benefit of whatever number of people who are paying any attention to hear that would have been a a nice insight Um, which is what I often do is I'll have things bounce around in my brain for a very long time and then have run through them multiple times by the time I go to talk in here, which is often why it seems so rambly. So I'm trying to be better about just catching the stream of consciousness uh, with my mouth moving instead of just in my brain while I'm washing dishes or doing stupid things around the house. Anyway, um, humor was what was crossing my mind because I am a very humorous person and I uh, often analyze what is humorous about world that <laughs> about world about the world because um, <laughs> I yeah I you know I'm a fun loving guy there's a time where I would have described myself as the funniest guy around um, you know and that time would have been you know a couple minutes ago before the mic started because yeah I'm funny I like uh, funny things. I'm drawn to funny people. Uh, Humor is the best, man. Laughing is my favorite, you know? Uh, And when I got sober uh, early in my recovery, I was very serious, right? Like, sobriety was no joke, and I wasn't fucking around, and, you know, just a healthy thing to be serious about. Your sobriety when you're trying to get sober, uh, especially in the early stages, because it ain't a joke, right? And especially if you're like me, uh, I treating it with any measure of nonchalance or downplaying it in any way um, was unhealthy, right? Like it wasn't even if I tried to convince someone else or convince myself that I was just being flippant for humor's sake, you know, the, the base of that is insecurity or something I'm uncomfortable with. I mean, that's, that's part of what humor is for is or alleviating that insecurity or discomfort, right? Is throwing something, uh, uh, shocking in your face to some extent, something that you don't necessarily expect or want to see. And then eliciting a chuckle because it goes the opposite way or a different way or, or whatever, you know, um, so yeah, applying that same approach in early sobriety, uh, it's a double-edged sword because, um, you know, like I said, being flippant about becoming sober, being flippant about recovery, um, it, it's ultimately unhealthy. Or at least it was for me because um, because I couldn't lie to myself and pretend like it was simply... Uh, having a laugh, right? Like I was very introspective, overly introspective, which for me was critical was to just drop all pretense and just be willing to dive into the over, over analytics, overly analyze everything um, in a way that enabled me to stop analyzing. Right. I, I, it's, it's a, it's one of the many paradoxes that I, found myself walking into was like I, I had to overthink shit and not worry about overthinking shit but also recognize I'm overthinking shit and figure out a way to stop overthinking shit right which is in and of itself overthinking shit right so it's a circular round and round thing and at the base of it was this idea that like I, I had to I had to take my life serious right like there's a there's an aspect of why uh, 
I, I felt that way about myself. And I, I'm, I'm aware I was a clown. I was, I was flippant. I was, uh, irreverent, you know, and, and parts of that worked for me in my personality. Cause it, you know, I was a fun guy. I was able to make people laugh. I made myself laugh. I laughed at shit. I, I didn't take things seriously. You know, all, all number of descriptions that I think a lot of people can relate to of just being like fun loving and carefree, even if it's not entirely organic, even if it's not entirely natural or real, there's an element of just like trying to keep life light. Um, and you know, I, I, it defined me, right. I was, I was a kid whose skill was to make you laugh, right. My skill was to, to avoid confrontation, avoid complications by, by being a little charming, being a little funny and, you know, manipulating the world around me that way. And so <sighs> recovery, you know, especially, you know, I was going to say, especially in a rehab center, but I, I needed a rehab center. I needed an environment that I could completely encapsulate my life in. And so I would be buffered or a co- I think of it as a cocoon, cocooned myself against <sighs> the difficulties of the real world. So I could focus exclusively on my addiction on my problems right that's the point of a rehab center um or at least it should be and it in and, and and that that onus is on the people going in i mean it's on the center itself to provide that aspect but the person going in me going in there i had to take that deep into my heart and and i realized that after i was in the second center uh for a, a few days at some point i just realized shit i really got to take advantage of this opportunity that I've given myself by being in this cocoon and, you know, uh, change, right? Like, why would I go into the thing if I'm not going to come out changed in some way, even if it's just minor? And so, you know, I, I dove into it. And the, and the way that kind of, the, my resistance to that manifests involved humor, right? Involved sarcasm specifically, involved being snarky, involved... <clears throat> just an unpleasantness that I couched as being, well, I'm just joking kind of thing. Right. And and I wasn't a dick or at least not perpetually a dick, but I had it in me, you know, and I, I could be vicious and I could be, you know, unpleasant. Anybody can, right. I'm just, I'm just a person, but I recognized, you know, when I was, when I was, embracing recovery when I was accepting this shit in my heart that that I had to change that there was something fundamentally something inside of me had to fundamentally shift so I could step out of that rehab center and be capable of handling the world that was waiting for me you know so I took shit seriously right like in 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 a way not in a way well it, it felt to me like the first time I had taken shit for real seriously in my life. And in a way that was true, right? Like I, I have had a privileged life for the most part, right? Up until that point, I think the most traumatic thing that happened to me was my, my, my grandfather had committed suicide and that was awful. He was, he was my best buddy when I was a kid and that had been decades before, you know, like 20 years earlier at least. And, um, you know, but my point being like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm aware of my privilege. I'm aware that that was, you know, I I was able to live a very comfortable life. And part of that, um, whatever part, part of my obtuseness was, uh, manifested as this kind of snarky, happy go lucky, um, you know, shit's going to work out kind of attitude that, you know, a middle-class white person can indulge in, right? It's not, it's not sexy and it's not flattering, but it is true. And anybody who hears that and, and, you know, box at it, you know, maybe take a look inside. I don't, I don't, I don't have to tell you, but it's true. And yeah, I, and I, and I realized, yeah, that's not serving me in a positive way. And it really isn't, you know, and, and I guess, you know, that's part of, part of embracing recovery is recognizing anything that even points in a vague direction towards, uh, towards the void, right? Something that's going to, you know, even if it doesn't seem straight, you know, like there's, there's no line of sight connection between making a, a shitty joke about someone's hair 
and getting drunk. But I know in my heart and in my gut that that kind of behavior, that kind of sarcastic, that sharp wit, that nastiness, even if I could put up a front that said, nah, this is just me, you know, I'm just making fun of you, know, you, oh God. And part of how that all manifested for me, part of how that all manifested for me was it was an, it was an attitude of like, well, if you're not fucking strong enough or if you're not cool enough or if you don't have a good enough sense of humor about yourself to uh, uh, handle that kind of, you know, snarkiness, then, you know, you're, you're just not one of my people, so it's on you, right? Like, that was my attitude. So I realized that and it's not going to be healthy, right? So that's what my point is, is like coming out and facing me and being serious about me and 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 dropping the facade that everything needs to be lighthearted and it, there needs to be a way to find the humor and the 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 um I don't know simplistic laugh in everything in every moment you know that was like I I I kind of hid in that so that I wouldn't have to also you know that 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 isn't necessarily a, an incorrect way to think but embracing that in lieu of facing the things that I'm trying to avoid, that's not going to do me any good. And so, you know, and, and so, yeah, there's no line of sight that you making a snarky comment is going to get me drunk, but I know that that's the same negativity inside of me that feeds that void that was killing me. So I got serious, right? Like I spent the first few weeks and months out of the rehab center, you know, living a much, a very... Like my, my thoughts back on it. It was a very beautiful time in my life. I was broke as fuck. I didn't. I couldn't drive because I'd gotten a DUI, and you know I couldn't see my kids because my soon-to-be ex was furious with me, rightly so. And and I had to eat some shit, is the way I look at it. I'm like I gotta eat some shit for a while before I can even hope to have things turn around with her specifically in in relation to like all the damage I'd done in in my marriage and in you know the the this, destruction of my life and you know I wasn't I I, I didn't have a job I, I felt like I was unemployable you know but I felt beautiful right like it was it there's there's something to that like scrubbing everything off and just having a new beginning and being you know truly at the bottom or god damn I hope that was truly the bottom you, you got nowhere to go but up right and there's there is a feeling of hope in that in the awareness that yeah I, I i can only move you know shit can only get better and that remaining positive in that it's a beautiful thing and and you know i i i dove into that with the same kind of fervor of just like look I, I, you know in, in the rehab centers like i gotta just take things serious i gotta understand what's going on i gotta i gotta i gotta understand what's going on by letting go of the need to understand what's going on right like that's how that manifests for me and when i got out it was you know when i was released or <laughs> released when i when you know when i graduated quote unquote when i was finished and i was you know in in the real world again and i was riding a bike to you know three meetings of alcoholics anonymous a day and i was <sighs> trying to do kind things for my family and and just whatever be be a person who's living in the moment every moment of my life and it's simple, you know, early recovery, it needs to be simple, you know, to, to, for me to build the, to get the building blocks set again for that. So my legs were under me and I could have a life. I had to, you know, make, make, make life simple and live in the simplicity and appreciate the simplicity and not try not to get overrun by the, you know, the, the, the looming responsibilities that were, you know, I mean, responsibility is not even the right word. Like, like the debts and like the, the, the shit that's, you know, I'd still, I had court stuff. I had legal issues. I had financial problems. That's the big one that'll really, really fuck you up. Right. And I just had to like trust that just doing the next right thing, like taking the next right step, you know, <laughs> physically the next right step, like walking down the street, going into the kitchen, pouring myself a glass of water, making myself some food, like just being in the moment to not let the rest of the world just overrun me. You know, that was very critical, very important. And, and it feels very serious. It felt very serious. And again, back to my, you know, lifetime of hiding in the humor. I, I you know, I had shucked that and, and, you know, I was like, oh, I gotta be, you know, like this, this vision of like, 
the Zen master who's just like, you know, uh, you know, calm and resolved and, and whatever, serene, but kind of boring, right? Like there's, there's a spiritual beauty to that serenity and that, that image of the, 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 the Zen master and all the like, you know, you <laughs> that flute music playing or whatever, just like, do and, and I don't know why I'm trying to paint a scene like that, but it's a beautiful thing and it's this aspirational thing, but it's also, it felt boring, right? And, and the more time that went by and the more like my life was rolling out and I was getting some days and weeks under my belt of, of being sober and being happy and being, you know, confident and secure and having my feet under me, I was beginning to notice like, I, I'm also like, I'm, I'm very serious and, I am happy with myself that I'm capable of finding the serious and being serious in the times where I need to be serious and and being present. But it was beginning to weigh on me that I, I was no longer humorous, right? Like I had kind of set that aside to such an extent and like colored it in my, my mind's eye as this negative thing, like this, this need for humor in me as a negative thing that I was just ignoring it. But that's, you know, I remember sitting in a meeting and thinking, you know, feeling good, feeling loose, feeling light, feeling upbeat, feeling happy and confident and, you know, that good summertime feeling. And then having this like knee jerk or or gut, like my gut clenched thinking, Oh God, you got to watch it. You can't, you can't embrace that. Um, the humor, right? Like it was like, I could feel the same feelings of like wanting to be like quippy and fun coming up inside of me naturally because that's naturally who I am and having this weird instinct to like suppress it. And I had enough awareness of, of me and of, you know, what this whole recovery thing is about to recognize that that sense of suppressing, that's not healthy, right? Like I'm not going to sustain that. I'm not going to be able to survive suppressing an aspect of my humanity of me personally, it's not going to work. Like it's going to lead, you know, the, the, it's going to lead down towards the void also in that same way where you build resentments against yourself by trying to, you know, hold on to something and, and have control over an aspect of, of, of your life that you, you literally can't control. And that scared me. Right. Cause I was like, I, I can't be funny. Cause in my brain I, I was like, equating being funny with being snarky and nasty you know I can't be sober and embrace that fucking funny so what am I gonna fucking do because I am funny right in my core I'm uh, I am a light-hearted humorous person I it, at least that's the way I see myself which is very hilarious to anybody who knows me well enough to know that I'm like super dad right? I'm just like everything is like whoa gotta be gotta be careful <laughs> but I think you get it, right? Like, I, I, I am not an entirely, I'm not a humorless person, and I'm not entirely serious all the time. And that's what frightened me, was that I was trying to be serious all the time. I was trying to only engage in that, like, Zen spiritual thing of, like, well, no, this is a spiritual moment. We must be very, we must be present, and we must, you know, I don't know, losing the humanity in it, right? Like, I, as I'm describing that, I'm also seeing images of like the laughing Buddhist of, you know, like there's humor. Like I'm, that's part of me. And it's, and it's a very important part of me. It's always been a part of me. So, you know, my solution was to like kind of reason it out and be like, well, maybe I could just find a way to be humorous, to be funny without being mean. Right. And that was (laughs) like such an obvious thing to recognize is like, Oh, maybe it's not, that I shouldn't be funny is that I should just not be an asshole and think I'm being funny, which, you know, it only took a few weeks of sobriety for me to come to that real, that very obvious realization. But so, you know, that's what I did, right? Like I, I realized like I could just find the funny in things that didn't rely on someone else's, you know, I, I didn't have to tear anyone down just to be funny, which I realize after I've said this so many times, it's like, I'm a funny person. Like there's plenty of people out there like, yeah, you're not that funny, but set that shit aside. Right. Like 
I'm just talking about being, you know, a, a humorous person. Um, you know, somebody who, who can joke around and have fun with. And, and yeah, I, I realized I don't have to rely, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to come at someone else's expense. And if I feel like if a joke or, you know, whatever, something comes to mind that, you know, a, a, a humorous anecdote that I want to like get out there, uh, that does still rely on kind of being at someone else's expense, I'll make it at my own expense, right? I'm, I I can safely make fun of myself and I can safely evaluate just how much of that is like me trying to shit on myself because, you know, I'm like anyone else out there. I, I try to shit on myself or I shit on myself a lot and, and I try not to shit on myself, but I, I wind up doing it and doing it consciously because, you know, I don't hate anyone as much as I hate myself. Um, which, I don't know, I would follow that up with just like anyone else, but I don't, I've come to realize that lots of people don't hate themselves the way I do. And I think maybe addicts have a keener understanding of, of hating yourself more than you hate anyone else, but that might be like the underlying current of what's the difference between an addict and a, and a quote-unquote normie is just the level of self-hatred and loathing. But that aside, I recognize that I could embrace even if I needed to embrace a little bit of the snarky, I could just face it inward. And then I don't need to work. You know, I mean, I, I was, again, I was in early recovery. I was framing this around the idea of like doing no, doing as little harm to other people as possible, including psychological damage. And, you know, like you know, it's framed in a fourth step, you know, you, you if I go hurt someone's feelings, I'm gonna have to turn around and, and do some sort of amends to them at some point, you know, or I'm sorry, there'd be an eighth and a ninth step, but you know, fourth step being like awareness of my own contribution to whatever resentment building was going on between me and someone else. And if it's structured around me being a fucking dick because I wanted to make someone the butt of a joke, blah, blah, blah. None of it's healthy. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I figured uh, a calmer way to just be like funny in the moment. And I don't, it, 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 it was freeing for me because it made me realize, no, I can just still be myself. I just don't need to embrace the negative parts of me. Um, I, I don't need to shut off the, the positive parts of me in order to, you know, cut out the negative parts that are closely related, right? Like, you know, it's it's a simple concept, but it took me a bit, and I, and I appreciated consciously recognizing it because it gave me an awareness, you know, deeper awareness. Like, all of recovery for me has just been... It can, is and has continues to be was and continues to be a, a an effort in self discovery, you know, finding out more nuances about myself, trying to improve on areas where I I feel are not you know are not as good as they could be or not as as productive in helping me have a a a solid life. You know, and, and especially the ones that are like glaringly obvious from the outside, you know, that's, that's all. And, and so I, I've gone rambling like this for 20 minutes to get to the point of recognizing now, um, or, or talking about now this, having a sense of humor, having a sense of humor about myself, having a sense of humor about my life and about the world in general, you know, I, I've developed a much more sophisticated sense of humor about it, I guess. <clears throat> Which is f fine, whatever. You know, hopefully everybody's got a more sophisticated sense of humor in their 40s than they had in their teens and 20s, right? I mean, for the most part, that's probably a positive thing that most people should mature into anyway. Um, but for me, it also involved walking through recovery, walking through, you know, falling apart as an alcoholic and finding my way back up and blah, blah, blah. But now having a sense of humor about it. And, uh, it comes to the forefront of my brain. Uh, cause I saw something on social media, like, you know, periodically there's jokes about recovery. There's jokes about 12 step programs. There's jokes about AA. There's jokes about NA. There's jokes about the, the soft gooeyness of recovery. Right. I mean, we're a bunch of, you know, the, as a collective people in 12 step programs in recovery, we're, you know, we're, we're very 
similar to a bunch of Jesus freaks, right? I'm I'm aware. I'm not I'm not so fucking dense that I don't see the similarities in this idea of blind faith and a lot of the language was lifted directly out of fucking Christianity, which I didn't even recognize, but you know, I've I've come to realize over time, like when people more familiar with the Bible or, you know, hear me talk about some of the stuff that I get out of the program, they're like, Yeah, well that's like straight out of the Bible, you just changed some of the words. I'm like, I didn't know. I mean, I don't care. I get it. It's offensive, and I can understand that it's like kind of triggering for anybody who doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah, no, I get it. Fuck it. Fuck the Bible. Fuck all the fucking Christian Christian bullshit. I hate that stuff. I I I I'm loathe to use the term hate, but if I had to choose a, a side of the fence to land on, it's going to be on that one, right? Like I don't I don't actively hate it, but it's more harm than good across the board, and I'm apologize if that offends someone's personal beliefs but even if you believe christ was an actual person what's going on with christianity has nothing to do with that guy anyway point being i get the desire to make fun of 12 steps to make fun of AA, to make fun of drunks in recovery. You know, a lot of them do get born again. And in the the terminology is identical. And maybe some of those people are actually, actually, I do know people who've like literally been born again into Christianity. And through that, they've found their ability to avoid the drink and all that. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of that sounds just as soft-brained to me as it probably sounds to you. And whatever. I also recognize that they're following their own path and if that's their path that's their path right like whatever improves their lives i do not begrudge that um and yeah i guess that falls into that category of like is it uh, just being snarky to make fun of them and i don't know i've got enough recovery under my belt that yeah i feel a little bit more loose about those rules that i set for myself like yeah but they need to get kind of knocked down a couple pegs make fun of them uh because, you know, the, the the comics code, quote unquote, if there's a code, Jesus. But, uh, you know, nothing is off the table, right? Like, there's plenty of nonsense, drunken debates among comics about, you know, whether you can joke about A, A B, C, but whatever. The point is, is like, everything's on the table. If you're going to be funny, if you're going to be in the quorum uh, of comedy, everything is, everything's up for grabs, you know? And, uh... I say all that because I've seen jokes directed at AA specifically, at 12-step recovery specifically, that offended me. And I was... It was very interesting to recognize because the first time this came to my forefront, you know, that I, I was you know consciously aware that it was happening was an episode of South, or not South Park, uh, a Family Guy. Um, fuck, I don't know. Sometime in the last few years, I don't even remember when I saw it. But it was the one, I, I don't know, the Brian goes to AA, but then doesn't, and then there's this whole thing where they like start pretending to do AA, but they're actually just getting drunk because everyone's there as a drunk, right? Like, and the joke is whatever it is, right? It's They're making fun of the, the desire to go into these programs. They're making fun of people who want to embrace these programs and are, are you know, becoming zombies and, and just, um, you know, just mindlessly repeating the words and doing, you know, all aspects of two-dimensional, I mean, it's a cartoon, but it's a two-dimensional depiction of all of these things that people are going through in, in Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and uh, I don't know, it was, it was a, very irreverent and and as i watched it i was just like oh this is over the top this is ridiculous i can't believe they're fucking making fun of this oh this is this has got to stop this is no good and i and i i felt myself getting incensed watching it and kind of just like oh this is this is this is too far i can't can't believe they'd go this far you know all these dumbass things going through my head because as I, I don't know i i was thinking about it later or I don't know, at some point i was just like oh i can't believe they would do that oh I've, maybe i've read a letter and tell them tell them what for i get on twitter and tweet it <laughs> you know the, some things are off the table mr mcfarland uh and as i was having those irate sensibilities in me i was like hold up you know how is this any different than uh a christian being offended by the multitude of jokes against you know, 
uh, church, you know, Catholics, right? They they make fucking lots of fun of Catholics on that show, or whatever. Not even just on that show. I mean, that show points. That show makes fun of fucking everybody. That's the point of the show, you know. And like South Park, like they'll fucking point their ire at everybody. It was just that they just they pointed it at something that I felt sacred, and that I was I had to like step back and go, oh. Yeah, this is, I mean, even though it feels very personal and like I can think of a dozen different ways that it's, well, yeah, but this is different, right? No, I mean, all that stuff, yeah, yeah, no, I understand, but, you know, I mean, there's a character on South Park who is Jesus Christ <laughs> and, and, and on fucking and on a family guy, you know? I mean, if you're a real Christian, that is offensive as fuck. I mean, go fuck yourself because it's funny, but my point, you know, that's my point. Like, I am... A person, right? They found something that got me, and uh, I, I, after I realized that, I was like, ah, yeah, it's it's a fucking cartoon show, and yeah, it's offensive, but I I don't get to be that I don't get to be that way. I don't get to pick what is allowable for someone else to laugh at or to poke fun at. I mean, I, I, it doesn't make me find it humorous. I, I, I think I've seen it again, that same episode or part of it or that part that I think they go into a whole musical number about like a bunch of drunk singing in the AA meeting. And, you know, it's just, it's intended to be irreverent. And, and I can, I can spend a lot of time like psychoanalyzing the, the motivation behind the writers for why they would write that. And like, oh, they just, they just had a bad experience at AA. They don't need to, they don't need to make fun of it like that. Oh, they just, they should just go to a better meeting. <laughs> they just went to a better meeting. Maybe they'd understand it better and they wouldn't be inspired to make fun of it like that. Like any number of like just old straight up defensive responses that I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm just, just like anyone else. I'm just getting defensive because it hits me, right? Like it's, it's not a big deal if you're making fun of something that you don't give a fuck about, you know, if you, if you see it and you're like, yeah, 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 I can see why that's offensive, but you know, I don't, I don't care, but it's something that I'm invested in that I find, you know, very important to me and to my belief system and my life and the structure of, of, the my entire world oh you bet your ass i'm offended oh you bet your ass you gotta stop doing that right like that's who i was like in that moment i'm like huh and uh you know i i guess that i also you know <laughs> obstinately <laughs> see that as a gift of, of recovery for me of like being able to like go oh i see yeah well uh annoyance and 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 uh I don't know, it's butthurt an official um, emotion, but, you know, it, it, any 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 emotion I feel, any uh, ire and, and indignity, it's just an emotion, right? I'm, I'm a human, I'm experiencing emotions, and I, I, don't, I don't like indignity, I don't like the source of it, and, and it's, but it's not directed at me, right? Like, the, the thing that was offending me, the, the jokes that I was seeing there, they weren't pointed at Dylan they're pointed at this obscure idea of what the fuck goes on in these programs and and yeah from the outside if you look at them they're culty right yeah I get it and you should if if you have any experience with it that was negative and you feel the desire to to even if it wasn't negative even if you just you're just capable of seeing and pointing out the humor in the middle of it do it Right. I, that's kind of what I wind up doing a bunch, too. And, and I mean, I reserve it for, you know, just kind of interpersonal conversations that just kind of like just like you can make fun of anybody. You know, you're in a classroom. You just kind of make fun of the, the, the your buddy who says something silly and you just kind of make fun of him. Right. Like the, the whole structure is weird. Life is weird. Any any joint group, any group of humans together doing any activity at some point, it's going to be weird. There's going to be something, if you step back and look at it, you're like, this is a weird thing we're doing, right? Like, there's nothing that we do isn't weird if you just look at it objectively and just think, what are, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're sitting at this table and we're going to shovel food into our faces, right? Like, there's something, no matter what, there's something weird about it and, and you can find something humorous about it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, just accepting that having a sense of humor 
I also that I guess that's it. Like I, I accepted that I, I, in order to to really just have a sense of humor about stuff, I had to recognize that I have to have a sense of humor about stuff that I still found offensive, right? Found in that that made me feel indignant because just because I didn't agree with it as being a even if it's something I wouldn't do, right? Like it was it was jokes that I wouldn't do. I I don't find that stuff it's a life or death for me. So, and, and I treat it like a life or death and I treat it like a life or death for the people that I talk to and that I engage with, um, in recovery. So I'm not going to then turn around and do some irreverent take on it that takes the piss out of all of these things that I just spent, you know, months and years of my life building up is important to me and important to these other people's lives. I'm not going to turn around and take a piss on them, but, that's just me because it's who I am. But if, if that's not where you are and you, you, you do feel obliged to kind of point out stuff that's weird about it, that actually is humorous. If you look at it objectively, that's great. You know, I mean, you know, as I'm speaking, I could think of dozens of scenarios that aren't specifically, re- you know, this one that where people can be like, yeah, but you don't joke about this. You don't joke about that. That's this is just, you know, who are you hurting versus who are you entertaining? Like, I, I get all that. I, my point is, is on my side for this this specific situation, because making fun of 12 step programs isn't going to do anything to the 12 step programs like taking the piss out of the general idea of people who go into recovery, you know, like the, the, I don't know, the doe-eyed Christian type person who's just like, just open to the world and just like this, everything is just beautiful now, you guys. Like, yeah, there's something humorous about that, right? Anybody who's vulnerable, there's a humor in that. Now, taking that on a personal level and picking at someone's personal vulnerability to pick them to take them down that's not acceptable but just the general idea of that vulnerability and kind of making fun of it that that's the source of humor right like and being able to look at that and laugh at yourself that you seeing yourself in that and laughing at that that's worthwhile right and and that was what that's what surprised me is that like I feel very good about that like I I feel very I mean I spent my whole life being like made fun of like I've always been kind of the butt of the joke or whatever the the guy who gets razzed on in a group like just collectively like I don't something I radiate something in my aura that says you know this guy you can kind of fuck with this guy because he's gonna be all right and so seeing (laughs) that episode of that show make fun of the program and not being able to, to be recognized where it's funny to me uh, and, you know, like seeing them taking the piss out of me, that was where I was like, hmm, that's interesting that, you know, you can, you can take it, you can take it for everything, but this thing here, don't joke about this, right? And, okay, there's an aspect of it where I was like, this, I, I am rational. I was, it wasn't well done, right? There's parts of it that were more mean-spirited than I think they probably should have been. But as a whole, that wasn't what was triggering my my response. My response was because I was defensive about it. And that's just that's not going to that's not going to do any good either, right? Like that's the point of this whole very rambling, I don't know how useful podcast is is like I I anything that's going to um anything that leads to negativity inside of me, anything that triggers or (sighs) propagates negativity in me is ultimately pointed in the direction of the void is pointed in the direction of unhealthiness that, you know, may not immediately may take a very long time. May just be like a little butterfly effect that gets me down this path towards something very destructive. Anything negative kind of leads that way. So, you know, being indignant at something like that felt negative, right? Like, ultimately, even if I felt righteous in, like, explaining to myself and explaining to anybody who, you know, if I had a conversation about it, you know, why exactly X, Y, Z aspects of it were not okay, I was able to do a gut check and recognize this is all coming from insecurity. This is negativity. It's not okay. You know, 
and, and, and f- fuck Family Guy, fuck Seth MacFarlane, whatever. I mean, I, I, that's the point is is being able to laugh at myself, being able to laugh at this parts of this that I feel are so critical and important that they shouldn't be they shouldn't be ridiculed. Yeah, that there are times and places for a lot of things, but in general, yeah, they shouldn't be ridiculed. But that doesn't mean it's not okay for someone to, with a different perspective, to ridicule it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's profound or if that's just obvious and anybody hearing it would be like, yeah, yeah, just uh, have a sense of humor about yourself, dummy. But, um, yeah. I mean, that said, I'm, I'm don't, don't anticipate a, a bunch of like, AA bashing type jokes out of me or you know I'll make fun of the idea of it because uh, again that's inwardly focused right like when I do try and make a joke about my experiences in recovery it's my experiences I'm, I'm kind of I'm the fool and I'm trying to present to the people that I'm trying to entertain hey here here's some funny stuff that I did or here's here's how ridiculous I became right like I'm that you can fully expect, but don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come up with like a sketch that takes the piss out of a, a program, you know, I, whatever. I mean, Hey, I just don't write sketches. I'm no good at it. So, you know, definitely don't expect that. But even if I were inclined, I just, you know, I'm not going to produce any shows that are driven to be negative towards the program, right? Like I'd be more, I'm not going to do that towards anything really, but you know, I'd be more inclined to do it towards an institution, right? Like, I guess that's part of it is like the part that, that baffles me when people are, um, I guess bashing 12 steps, bashing 12 step recovery, uh, for lack of a better word. I, I'm, I'm not baffled by people's, you know, disdain for it. I mean, I, I get it. It, it, it. it isn't for everyone. There's, there is that feeling of cultiness that people like, if if when people tell me that that turns them off, I what am I gonna say? Like, well, you gotta get over that. Whatever. If it feels culty to you, then you're looking at it, and that's the way you see it, right? I mean, I I, <clears throat> I feel like that's fundamentally misplaced as well for the same reason for 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 all of the bashing, right? Like, there's this weird idea from people outside or people who have not given it a shot or who haven't actually looked into the program or whatever people who outsiders normies whatever people who are looking at it objectively from the outside or, or seemingly objectively there's this misunderstanding that there's some kind of bureaucratic structure to it that they're railing against that's the part that it, it feels very strange to me when i hear people like so someone commented on reddit something to the effect of um, 12 step propaganda. They were talking about something and there's something, Oh God, this is just a bunch of 12 step propaganda. And and I, I don't understand what that means. What, because propaganda would imply that there's a organized structure that's trying to brainwash or trying to push the collective mind towards a sense of towards one direction, right? Like, but these, this is just like writings on a paper that are thrown into the, into the, out into the world, right? Like, and people do with it what they're going to do with it. That's not how propaganda works. Propaganda is structured and, and, and uh, focused for the most part, right? Hey, there is, there's, there's, <laughs> there's steps like there's no structure to how you do the steps you do the steps however you do the steps or you don't do the steps right like i mean it, it would be peculiar to attend 12-step meetings and try and do the program and not do the steps but you don't i mean people i've i know plenty of people who spend a lot of time in their version of recovery that doesn't involve 12 steps whatever so like the idea of bashing this program is it's like you're you're I that I find peculiar. Is it's like somebody's punching at a bag. Like they're I don't know what it is. Like my instinct is to assume that that person is just uncomfortable with themselves. That there's something they saw or didn't want to see and was thrown in their face or something 
that makes them immediately turned off by it, which is fine. Being turned off by it is fine. It's understandable, honestly. But then turning around and having energy towards taking the piss out of it and, and, um, you know, trying to knock down or knock it down a few pegs or something like that. That's the part that, that I don't understand. Like if it didn't appeal to you, okay. But turning around and trying to fight like a mist or, or rail against, you know, just like something that's just kind of in the ether. I don't get it. Right. Like what, what exactly is it that is being fought against? Right. When I, when I read the words, you know, this was, I think in response to, a. um, the movie reviews, they're like, oh, well, that's, oh, this movie has just got a bunch of 12-step propaganda in it. It's not propaganda. It's this the 12 steps. There's, you know, I mean, it sounds the same because there's only written one way. It's not It's not like here's the 12 ideas and say them however you want. I, 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 that's the only part I can I can think that would incentivize that term. Um, and I guess it's the same, like, baffling-ness the sense of being baffled when I saw the, 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 the family guy episode. Cause I'm like, why, what exactly is it that this episode is, uh, trying to take down, right? Like, I mean, it's, there's no structure to it. It's just a bunch of, you know, broken people getting together to sit in a church basement for a little while and, and talk about their day and, you know, talk about how, you know, they have no control over alcohol. Right, like, there's not like a structure to that. It's not like you you need to knock something down so that those people are freed. Right, that's that's where that that I feel st- strange about is like, and it just feels like a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is they're upset with. But I also don't care. I you know I'm like, well, I, if that's where you're at, then I don't I don't have to tell you. You can go on with the rest of your life and never have to worry about it. I guess because. It's just, there's, it, I I follow and I, I appreciate when there's like the comparisons to a religious structure, right? Like there, it does have that, the trappings of it. You know, you're, you're getting together, you're following a very specific ritual, even if the ritual changes from place to place, you know, it's kind of, you got, you got a structure to it. That's fine. It's just, it's, you know, it's like a, a, a franchise structure though. There's not like some big head that's telling everybody exactly what they can and cannot do. It's just like, Hey, you know, here's the idea, do this and we'll provide you with these, you know, this, these, these words and give you a little bit of seeding, but it's kind of on, on the groups of people who want to get together, right? Like the, the fundamental tenet of Alcoholics Anonymous is just two alcoholics sitting down to talk. That's a meeting, right? Like, I mean, that doesn't seem that, fundamentally that's all it is it's just two people talking to try and make the moment where they're feeling unsteady and ready to drink pass without drinking that's all it is so why the desire to take that down where would that like that's in that's someone embracing negativity within themselves to lash it out some way right like ultimately that's what that is trying to unset that comes there's no place there that doesn't come from a negative place there's no way that doesn't come from a negative place even if it doesn't feel negative when it's happening so that's that's my only you know resistance to that kind of thing that's my only like that's just that's just my response is to to find that if someone's feeling the need to shoot down recovery it's coming from a insecurity within them that there's something there that they don't want to look at and I feel like that's an inarguable position because if that isn't there then there's no need to focus on this program you know I mean if if there if there is not a sense of insecurity there even if it's based on something you know even if it's based on like a very negative experience it's still an insecurity right like and I guess I should qualify that, right? Like if something awful happens to someone in 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 relation to it, right? I mean, but that's a that's an anecdote. Like the the whole structure is not going to last for eighty years if it was just walking around steamrolling people left and right, right? Like fundamentally, if it's done in a way that's you know in keeping with the the fundamental idea of just trying to help people get better, there's no reason to fight that unless you just 
have a problem somewhere inside you. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I guess that's the, 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 the double aspect of this, right? Like, as I just saw on social media, someone had taken the piss out of AA and it was, it was humorous, right? It was an onion article. Very funny. I didn't open it, but the, the title was humorous enough. And it was like, yeah, okay. I get it. But it's the onion, right? They're just taking the piss out of whatever. And, and, you know, like most onion articles, it's just the title. That's the thing, right? Like those, there's probably words in there, you know, 500 words whatever nonsense but just the title's enough in a picture um and, I, and i'm fine with that and it's more like regular people who i see or am exposed to who feel the need to cut it down those are the more the people who i'm i'm kind of suspicious of in that mm, i get it it's not for everyone but if you feel the need to lash out I might suggest you uh, look into why that desire is there because it probably means something. I don't know. I don't know. Those are just uh, my random thoughts on a Sunday afternoon uh, having read and seen something humorous on the social medias that took the piss out of Alcoholics Anonymous and it reminded me of my own little journey through finding the funny in... My life again, finding the ability to laugh at myself and laugh at the world um, without feeling like I was embracing negativity and, you know, thus staying on a path of recovery. Boy, that, that came out nice and eloquent, didn't it? Uh, anyway, that's my thoughts for the day. I uh, appreciate every one of you who listened this far, and I appreciate any one of you who didn't listen, but you're not going to hear this appreciation. <laughs> and, uh,. I, uh, if, if you want to if you want to comment or reach out you can find me on Facebook or you can uh, contact me on the contact us link on the eavesdrop podcast network and uh, like I say I, I love each and every one of you and if you're struggling with recovery or just trying to figure your shit out I, my heart goes out to you especially and uh, you know life is hard and we only get one time around and uh, you know it's worth putting in the effort to to make it worthwhile so uh, yeah I, 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 I hope you have a, a good rest of your day thanks again so much for listening <laughs>